might have found or heard these little tips and tricks on if you do this one thing, you'll all of a sudden rank on page one. Welcome back to Duo On Air. I'm Abby. And I'm Courtney. And we're the ex-agency turned entrepreneurial team that puts the Duo in Duo Collective. Our boutique organic marketing agency specializes in SEO, social media strategy, and brand. We're an everyday pair of business besties slash marketing experts obsessed with helping our community learn more about what it takes to run a business. Which is why on Duo On Air, we're not holding anything back. We're giving you all the info we know about how to grow your business organically so you can be the confident CEO you were made to be. And how to navigate life as a small business owner. Whether it's on your own or with your best friend by your side. So grab your coffee or your mimosa, we don't judge, and settle in for a quick value-packed episode of Marketing Tips. Welcome back to the Duo On Air podcast. This is episode 19, all about those big SEO don'ts that you should avoid at all costs. So in the, in the world of SEO, you can Google all of these different SEO strategies to help you rank higher on Google, help your website perform better, and oftentimes we want the shortcut because we want to save time. We just want to rank quickly. We don't want to do the hard work that it takes to get your stuff to rank organically. So there are two different types of strategies when it comes to SEO. If you've Googled this before, you might have noticed it. Um, there's something called black hat strategies, and then there's something else called white hat strategies. Black hat strategies is a practice that goes against all of the search engine guidelines. And people try, it's basically the tricky, sneaky way to break all of those rules and get your website ranked higher on search engines. So black hat strategies are basically what we're going to talk about today. All of those SEO don'ts that you should be avoiding for your business. And then from the other side of things, the white hat SEO strategies are those approved tactics that you should be doing to help your business perform better on those search engine pages. So those are the things that we love. We talk about this all the time. We talk about SEO tips, all the SEO things that you should do all the time. But what we haven't yet talked about are all of those things out there that people might have told you to do. You might have found or heard these little tips and tricks on if you do this one thing, you'll all of a sudden rank on page one. Usually those should really indicate a red flag to begin with, but we might not be sure. So we want to share with you all of these little things that you should avoid for your website and for your content creation when it comes to SEO. The first one is hiding text boxes. So we have had multiple people ask us, you know, if I write this copy for my website, but I have an image over top of it, or I have a, a color flood over top of it, or I change my font to be white so that it matches the background of my website or whatever color that might be, that is a huge no-no. Um, Google is smarter than all of us, and we just have to just have to let that be. Um, we can't outsmart Google. And so Google knows that you are doing these things where you're trying to hide that content or that text. So it's got some sort of, I mean, Abby might know a little bit more than this, but they, Google knows, they just know. So they know when you're trying to hide things, they know when you change that text box color to be the same color as your, your background and that you're just trying to have more content on there or you're trying to 
add all of these keywords so that you are ranked higher on a search engine, but ultimately that's not going to work. And another thing that we've talked about in the past too is that you actually don't want fewer words on your website. A lot of people think when they think website design, they're like, oh, I need this super clean, beautiful website that has all of these images and all of these beautiful colors and, you know, my logo and my patterns or whatnot. But um, that actually doesn't help you. The more content that you have on your page, the better, actually. So hiding any of that relevant content um, is just not going to do you any favors as far as being found on search engines. And I think the number that we always say that you should have at least, is it 300 300. words Mm -hmm. on every page of your website. So if you don't even have that, which, you know, can seem like a lot, then you, you aren't doing any SEO favors for your website anyways. So really, instead of hiding that content, make sure, just go back to it and make sure that it, it makes sense. It's written SEO friendly, but it also is written for a human to read and, um, don't hide it, have it visible on your site because that's going to help you better in the long run anyways. So, um, don't try to cheat and just make sure that that content is relevant and it sounds right to a human, but it also is written well for Google. Yeah, and as humans, we want context. We want context before we buy. Chances are anytime you've bought anything, you scroll to the review section really quick. We might not read every word, and that's why you have headlines to break up your content as you go down your page so that people can easily skim what you're all about, but Google can also understand what you're all about. So um, we one of our favorite ways to do this, too, is to use um, collapsible boxes. So this is a little bit different. So when we say like hiding text boxes, when you're trying to be sneaky and do something black hat, you're hiding a text box with the intention of no one ever viewing it. (laughs) So if it's not accessible, Google knows that. But if you have a little plus box there that your audience knows that they can click on that box and it'll open up more content, that's good. That's okay. Google knows that that's a positive way to add more words without making it really heavy, like a heavy blog post, so to speak. So um, those types of things are okay. But yes, you can't do white text on a white background. We've had that question multiple times. <laughs> uh, and if you've asked this, like, it's okay it's if fine. you don't know. Yeah. It's okay. You're I'm pretty not sure expert. my husband yeah. asked me that time. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Uh, but it's definitely something that like, it's not serving its purpose for anyone. So, and leading into that, there's another thing that people have been doing for a long time because this is, we were all trained this way. So a lot of website platforms uh, used to have, and they might still have a little spot for you to insert the keywords of your choice. Um, Insert your metadata. And I'm not talking about meta descriptions or SEO titles. Those are still really good. And that's not a topic we're talking about today, but those are still really good and important things to work on for your, your page's SEO. But when it comes to these specific keyword boxes, there used to be this section where you can say, oh, okay, I am a marketing agency, I'm a social strategist, I'm an SEO expert, like I'm just gonna enter in all of my keywords into this box. Now Google knows what I am and whom, who I'm about and we're good to go. It doesn't work anymore. So even if your website platform still has this and you think it's enough for SEO, it's not. We need to be doing other things to optimize our pages and to tell Google what's good. And these kind of boxes or ways to do that just aren't working like they used to anymore. 
So the third one, which I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with because this is something we've talked about a lot too, is keyword stuffing. So Google knows when you are writing for Google versus when you're writing for the masses. So when, you know, when we talk about Abby and I, we can't have our headline on our website be, we are the SEO and social strategy and branding experts that and 5,000 other yeah, things <laughs> like we, and you know, we focus on just those three things, but we can't, you know, adding all of those keywords in there just to try to rank for all of those at the top of any search engine is just not going to work because first of all, you don't, you sound like a robot. You sound like nobody's going to read that and be like, what? That doesn't sound, that doesn't sound natural. That doesn't flow. You know, that's not how somebody would say it to you in the real world. So we, you know, focus on other things that kind of encompass that. And then you can start to bring in those keywords into your content later on, on the page. Or, you know, if you're a photographer, uh, what would be a good headline for a photographer that wouldn't be keyword stuffing? Oh, that wouldn't be keyword yeah. stuffing. But you're also keyword rich. Oh man, put me on the spot. I'm not a copywriter. Yeah. <laughs> um, something like for your homepage, you might be your Twin Cities wedding photographer. Like that is something that is okay, but you're not going to be like your Twin Cities wedding senior family newborn list all the things photographer because that would get people like whoa like. <laughs> What? what what do you do or like what is your like yeah. expertise here and mm -hmm. or like even if you took out twin cities and you're like you're minneapolis st paul woodbury <laughs> and stillwater wedding yeah. newborns you know mm -hmm. you can't google google see right through that mm -hmm. and um it just doesn't do you any favors and again it's you're, you're writing for google and you're not writing for your audience and that's where you know you're probably going to lose people too because you sound like a robot on your website or you sound like you're trying to do all of the things and they're going to get so confused on what it is you're actually an expert at and if you you know if you are a local business and it and the location matters to you they're going to get confused too on like okay, where do they take photos? Like, right. can I use them? So really just not getting so hung up on those keywords and thinking that if you throw all of the keywords out there on Google that you're going to rank, because if you don't do it in a strategic way in writing your keywords, then you're, you're not going to rank because yeah. Google's going to see that. And the whole point, the whole point of search engine optimization is so that Google can serve you the content you are looking for. Google is trying to deliver us, the audience on the other side, the best content. So if they're serving you content that's filled with keywords to the brim and you click on it, you're probably going to go right back up to the top and hit the back button. And that is what Google is looking at. They're looking at low engagement. And if you're not writing for your audience, if you're not getting people to stay on your website for a long time, scroll around, click around, see what you're all about, then Google will know that just by the engagement. So you need to be thinking about your audience first because that at the end of the day is the criteria for Google helping you rank higher. So um, keywords obviously are a huge, a huge thing. Understanding where to put them and knowing where to put them is a whole episode in and of itself. And I'm sure we'll conquer that one day. <laughs> but just know that you definitely shouldn't be shoving keywords anywhere and everywhere that um, you, you can. So the next thing that you should really avoid when it comes to these black hat strategies is buying backlinks. 
So a backlink is a link of your website on someone else's website. So say someone wrote uh, or someone interviewed you and then had a link to your website to reference you back or someone is mentioning that you are an expert or quoting something that you had said and they have a link on their own website linking back to your website. Or maybe you created a really awesome piece of content that someone wants to reference and share. All of those are awesome. Those are amazing ways to get backlinks. But sometimes when, just like Instagram, we don't want to do the hard work to get these valuable backlinks. And so we just go and buy them. So just like Instagram, you can go out and you can buy backlinks. And then all of a sudden you have tons of backlinks, but no traffic or engagement from them. That is a huge red flag in Google's mind and can actually, having a bunch of these spammy backlinks can actually hurt you because Google's gonna know right away, like, hey, you have, you your backlink skyrocketed, but your website traffic stayed the same or decreased, or even if it only slightly increased and none of these backlinks are actually driving traffic for you, Google's gonna know that you did something sketchy. So just like Instagram, don't buy followers, don't buy backlinks. They're not going to help you. They're not going to bring you ideal customers. They're not going to boost your rankings because Google's gonna know that they didn't drive any engagement. The next big no-no is not checking SEO details for your business names, products, and offerings. So not only can this get into a huge um, illegal issue. But if you are creating a new offering or creating a new product or changing your business name or completely starting a new business and looking for a business name, make sure to check the SEO details on that and just jump on Google and Google that business name or Google that new offering that you're going to do. Because if it's out there and somebody's already using it, obviously you don't want to steal it and you have to make it relevant for your business. So what is, you know, what is that kind of spin that you can put on it? Or what are those keywords that you can really amp up that product or that business name or whatnot? And then another thing in this arena is making sure, you know, if you have a weird business name or a weird offering name that's not typically out there or not typically seen, you know, that can be great if people are searching your business name, but if they're not searching your business name, but they're searching the what you offer in your business or the products that you have make sure that you've got like some sort of a really strong tagline or something that goes along with your business name because that's where you're going to have the key, keyword rich opportunity to rank on these search engines because again if you're if your business name is something really weird you're probably not going to show up on google very high if you don't have these keyword rich things attached to your business or your tagline or the content that you're throwing out there on your blog or your your website or whatnot so really just making sure to kind of do your research there as far as those go and then i would also say you know the weird business name is fine if you kind of want to like stand out and be different but the way that you spell things is super important too because if you're spelling things a little different um, or, you know, you got just a tiny different change to how it's normally spelt, that's going to be hard for people to understand too, because if they hear about your business or something out there, they're going to search it the way that it's originally spelt versus if you add this little spin onto it. So it's okay to do that. You just have to be cautious about it and make sure that the other things that you're using as far as taglines and the content that you're creation is keyword rich enough that you can be found on these search engines. And we have two really good examples of this actually. So our course is we have a name for our course and it's SEO on tap. 
So that isn't descriptive, really. SEO is in it, which is great, but it isn't a descriptive keyword. But we always supplement it with an SEO beginner's guide or an SEO beginner's course for creative entrepreneurs so that it is always supplemented with something that's keyword rich while we can be fun and playful with SEO on tap. So you can have that fun and playful headline, but sometimes it's just really important to add that descripting factor in there so that people can find you and understand what you're all about. And then for our group coaching program, we actually don't have a name for it yet, which is also okay. We just call it an SEO group coaching program for website design, web designers and copywriters. That is the most keyword rich, like specific thing. You don't even need to read more. You just know if you're a copywriter or a web designer, we have SEO group coaching for you, which is awesome. <laughs> so we would love to name it and we might um, moving forward. We're ju- we just wanted to kind of see how it evolved. So we started with the keyword first because we knew we needed to drive traction in in a generic way and just to reach more people and to have Google understand what we're all about. And then later, once we build that brand awareness in that community, we can look at doing a name. So um, you can think about it that way too. But including SEO in your thought process when you create new products, offerings, and your business name in general is really is a really smart thing to do. So simply just Google whatever you want your business name, product, or offering to be. Google it. See what else is out there. And don't do it just for a second. Like go to page two, go to page three, make sure there's nothing. Check Instagram, check Facebook, do all of those things before you actually solidify, solidify it. And then if it's something that, um, you're worried about from a legal standpoint, reach out to a attorney and have them do a trademark search for you or actually go and secure the trademark so that you don't have any issues with it in the future. And another issue that we really want to talk about is ignoring the importance of headline tags and only thinking of them as a design element. We see this all the time. If you go into your website, you likely have design settings in place and it says headline one, headline two, headline three. And really all we think about this is from a design perspective. Headline one is really big. Headline two is a little bit smaller. Headline three is maybe scripty and fun. And we use them for design purposes. But these headlines have SEO importance in the code that Google reads. Headline one has an H1 tag next to it, which is telling Google, this is the most important thing on my page. And there should only be one of those. So this is one of the things that people ignore all the time. They just use the big chunks of text as a, in a couple different spots, or they don't use it at all because it's too big and they don't like the design of it. So then they don't have a section where they're telling Google, hey, this is the most important thing about me, which obviously is a huge issue. So not using these headline tags can do you a huge disservice in letting Google know what you're all about. So if you're not sure if you have if you've thought this through, go peek at what those design settings are and go peek at where you've used them. Do you have H1 headlines? Are you using more than one on each page? Are you using the other ones? We always like to say, think about this like a book report. Your H1 should be the title of your book. Your H2 is all of the chapters, and then H3 are those little subsections within the chapters. And just try to think of that from that perspective for your website. 
And most website platforms that you build your sites on do allow you to change these settings as far as like what they look like. I know some are limited uh, versus others like show it. Show it's probably one of the best ones out there as far as like customizing what your H1 looks like, what your H2 looks like, um, and just working with that. So you can really work within your design settings and really make it feel on brand and like that gorgeous site that you're looking to have. But I also know Squarespace, you can change them to a degree. Um, not as much as uh, show it, unfortunately, but, and then I do believe like Wix, we've worked in those sites before and you can change those to a degree too. So, you know, if you are really struggling and you're like, well, I'm not going to follow this rule just because it makes my site look ugly. You you just need to dive into those design settings on the platform that you're on and see, you know, how much you can do and at least just get it to a point that you can, you know, live with. It might, some of them are going to restrict you a little bit more, but just make sure that it's you know as pretty as it can be, but you're using it uh, the way that you should be using it for the SEO purposes. And then the last one that we're gonna talk about today is poor quality content. So this is basically writing just to write without any effort. Um, this leads to no traffic, low engagement and high bounce rates, and it's really obvious. So when, you know, when we have this low traffic, low engagement, high bounce rates, that's something that Google takes into consideration for all of this as well. And it doesn't do you any services. So we've, you know, we've met a lot of clients. We know a lot of people that are like, well, I want to start a blog or I have a blog, but you know, I don't always know what to write. So I kind of just write and they don't think about, you know, the, the content that they're putting out there necessarily, or they don't have a strategy for it. So they're not going into it with the keywords that they're going to focus on for that piece of content. So I think that's a huge thing is just taking a step back and instead of writing just to write, because you think that Google just wants words on your page. And if you write 500 words or a thousand words, Google is going to, you know, think of you as a, a strong lead for finding somebody on search. Uh, that's not the case. Your content needs to be relevant. It needs to be keyword rich. It needs to, you know, work with your, all of your SEO settings and actually have some sort of a strategy behind it because uh, Google's going to know that too. So what we typically do, Abby has a beautiful outline. She sits down, she outlines what that blog is going to be. And then those relevant keywords that we need to infuse throughout our blog. So taking those keywords, making sure you have them in the blog X amount of times and making sure that you're writing the blog for people, but also for Google. So I, I think Abby's role is write for people first, for Google second, but it starts to become just kind of this natural thing because when you write for people, obviously we, you know, we talk to people, we communicate with people every day. So it's easier to speak like that, but just making sure that we're weaving in those keyword rich you know, sentences or words where we need to throughout that blog post that makes sense. That doesn't sound, you know, stuffy or like we're throwing those keywords in there that don't make sense or we're getting really technical because that's not the way that you have to write it. You don't have to be, your keywords don't have to be the same thing every time, like the same sentence every time. You can kind of break that up a little bit, but just making sure that you're weaving those throughout. Yeah. And same thing goes for like just choosing a keyword just because it's ranking or because it's trending. Same thing. It's just like with trending reels. Don't just pick every reel just because it's trending. Same goes for keywords. Just because Met Gala was just trending because everyone was watching it doesn't mean you need to write a blog post about it. <laughs> like there's definitely a strategy behind the content you create and you need to think about like what is my audience searching for at this time and how can I serve them with content and then think about Google. So audience, audience first, always. 
So bottom line when it comes to SEO is that if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. <laughs> you can't just sneak your way to the top of Google search. It truly takes time and it's not something that's going to happen overnight, which we talk about all the time. And it's, it's consistency. It's consistently creating content for your audience, driving traffic to your website. And if you do that, you will, Google will notice. Google will notice that you are doing good things. And with that, you will slowly start to increase your authority with Google and your authority in the industry. And that's just something that you just, it takes time. You just need to dedicate to it consistently and stop delaying too, because I feel like a lot of times people are like, oh, I don't have time to blog, so I'm not going to do it at all. And I'll do it when I focus, when I can. Maybe just start doing it one blog a month. Like just start doing something to help your content get noticed because the longer you delay things like that, the your authority isn't going anywhere with Google. You're not going to be making any improvement. But if you just try and take small little baby steps, you'll notice that that gives you a better head start and jump when you are finally ready to commit to the consistency. If you liked this episode, please be sure to share it with a friend and subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes dropping every Monday. Plus, if you haven't already, please leave us a review and don't hesitate to share any new episode ideas. We love hearing from you, creating content for you. See you next week.